show. Thank you all for tuning in once again today. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I am a health coach as well as a yoga teacher, and I am bringing you all things health and wellness, any topic related to it, and going in depth trying to give you guys the best information I can to help you guys live your best lives. So for today, this is a very common question that I get as a health coach, and that is, what diet is right for me? Obviously, there are so many diets out there, and it's very difficult to know which diet truly is the best. So this makes it very difficult. And even for myself, it's been something that I've done a lot of research on and really had to figure out for myself through trial and error. Uh, So today I'm going to debunk a lot of myths as well as just kind of give you the information on what these different diets are and what they do, as well as like what is it that you eat on those diets, just really kind of breaking them down. So to begin, let's go ahead and cover a few of these major diets that you see out there today. So the first one we're gonna cover is the vegetarian diet. So many people know what the vegetarian diet is. This is obviously a person who eats uh, only, uh, well, they don't eat any meat. That's really what classifies a vegetarian. It's just a person who doesn't eat meat. So no fish, no chicken, pork, just no animal meat, right? Um, However, there are also different varieties of a vegetarian. So for example, people who maybe want to be more vegan, but aren't really ready to go there yet. You can have some who are called lacto-vegetarians, which is they still, um, they're drinking milk, but maybe they have cut out all other animal products. Or you have um, ovo-vegetarians, which are vegetarians who do not eat, or they eat eggs as well, um, but maybe they don't eat any animal products. Like I said, this can be a transitionary phase into veganism. You also have uh, vegetarians who actually will still eat chicken, for example. Um, They call them polotarians, or maybe it's poyotarians, such as uh, in Spanish. I'm not really sure, but uh, yeah, just basically meaning that you eat, um, you still eat chicken meat, but not other, uh, other types of meat. Then you also have a pescatarian, which is a person who still eats fish, but doesn't eat the other kinds of meats and just mainly eats vegetables. Veg- being a vegetarian is very popular. Um, you know, you also have people who are plant-based, which is very similar to the vegetarian diet. So that would be our second one. Plant-based diet is a person who primarily eats plant products or, you know, just plants in general. So they're really minimizing their amount of meat that they're consuming, although they might still consume some meat and animal products, but a majority of their food is composed of plants. Aside, and then from the vegetarian going on, and then also plant-based, you also have the next vegan diet. So a vegan diet is a person who does not eat any animal products at all. So it's not just meat, it's also um, you know milk, Uh, any kind of dairy product because it comes from a cow um, or even like sheep's milk or anything, anything that comes from an animal, eggs, you know, as well. They won't eat any eggs because they come from an animal. And this is actually including insects because they will not eat honey. Uh, Honey comes from obviously bees, so they do not include honey in their diet as well. 
this can be definitely related to um, a lot of yogis who really want to follow a yogic diet. A lot of the times that leads to veganism because uh, they believe in what's called ahimsa, which is uh, non-violence. So, you know, the non-killing or uh, harming of animals, as well as vegetarian can be a very yogic diet as well. And then you have the other spectrum here. So the other spectrum of veganism would be the carnivore diet. So the carnivore diet, which is something that's been actually popularized here in the recent years, that is a diet which a person only eats meat and animal products. So literally the other side of the spectrum where they are only eating, you know, beef and poultry and pork and fish and, uh, you know, milk and eggs and things like that, because those are also animal products. On that note, I think it's very important to note that they also include a lot of um, organ meats, which is really key here because from some of just the things I've listened to on carnivore, because I take a very unbiased viewpoint towards any of these diets, as I will explain later why I take a very unbiased viewpoint. Uh, but really, I just like to understand the diet. So for example, with the carnivore diet, I found that listening to a person called Paul Saldino, he was saying that it's very important to include the organ meats because those have really high levels of different minerals and vitamins, actually, because since you're not eating plants, you need to include these organ meats to get some of those vitamins and uh, minerals that you wouldn't get just from eating muscle meat. I thought that was very interesting. That's a unique take on it because I think especially in a lot of, uh, you know, the U.S. and different countries like that, we don't eat organ meats very often. At least I don't. I have tried including liver a little bit more into my diet, which is still pretty difficult. Um, for those of you who have never had liver, it's got a pretty strong flavor to it, but it's supposed to be quite good for you. So, okay, so that's a carnivore diet, right? That's on the other extreme. Now, coming back a little bit, such as we have the plant-based diet, there's also a diet called the animal-based diet, which is a person who eats mainly uh, just animal products. So that would include all the meats and the organ meats and, you know, milk, eggs, honey, whatever, all of those. And then they also include some vegetables and possibly fruits as well or and also sorry included in there can be nuts and legumes and things of that sort so those are you know kind of the two different spectrums i guess you would go with you know from veganism to carnivore and then all kind of in between then you start to get into a little bit more of specific diets which they these ones have been very popularized here in the recent years which one of those would be the keto diet I think you have to be living under a rock if you haven't heard someone mention the keto diet here recently. I actually personally have tried a version of the keto diet. Mine was a little bit more catered specifically to my personal self. Um, I included a lot of intermittent fasting, which is a whole other topic that I will get into on another podcast. But basically the keto diet, the real goal of it is keto stemming from ketosis which is when you shift your body from burning carbs and sugars, or you know, which are basically the same thing once they're all broken down. So you stop eating those and you kind of allow your body to start running off of fats instead. 
So you're putting yourself into a fat burning process, uh, which is, you know, ketosis basically. And the way to do that is obviously to limit or minimize or even get rid of completely all sugars and carbohydrates. So therefore you can't really have any, you know, breads of any kind, um, even cheeses as well. Cause those have carbohydrates in them fruits. If you want to get really crazy with it, cause they have sugars in them. So there's, you know, there's varying levels of keto, the keto diet. Uh, and it's really kind of focused on helping people to lose weight as well as, uh, there are other benefits to being in ketosis. Now, however, I do think that there are very wrong ways to do the keto diet. There's a thing called the dirty keto diet, which I don't agree with because it's just really, you know, like technically you just eat a bowl of bacon and it would be considered okay, which if you're on the carnivore diet, that's all right as well. But uh, yeah, personally, not something I would recommend, but the keto diet for myself when I was doing it actually posed some really great benefits. I did the keto diet for, mm, I would say about four months, I would say, eh, yeah, four to five months. And it was right after I had graduated college. I had put on a couple extra pounds just from late night studying and staying up late and eating food at hours that I definitely shouldn't have been eating anything. And so yeah, needless to say, I was at my, the weight I was at when I played football, which I wasn't working out. So it wasn't the muscle mass that I would have had during football. So anyways, when I finished school, I decided to go on this keto diet. I was doing a lot of physical um, labor as well. And I swear to you, I was dropping sometimes a pound a day. It was insane. I ended up dropping close to 30 pounds, which was really awesome. And uh, by the way, anytime you try a diet, kudos to you, honestly, because the, the moment you take control of, you know, a conscious decision to eat in a way that's better and healthier for you, I think is a really good step, regardless of what kind of diet it is. Okay, and then, sorry, moving on. So from the keto diet, you also have a similar diet to it, I guess you could say in some ways, and that is the paleo diet. The paleo diet, if you haven't heard of this one, is a person who, they're eating a diet that largely mimics a, the diet of a person from the paleolithic era, so that can be someone who lived anywhere from 2.5 million years ago to 10,000 years ago. This would really just kind of look like a hunter-gatherer diet. So you've got, um, you know, meats in there. You have seeds and nuts and legumes, uh, vegetables, fruits, just anything that you could think of that you would find as a hunter-gatherer, you know, harvesting off of uh, wild natural uh, bushes or hunting, you know. It's obviously not exactly what the Paleolithic people would have been eating, but it's trying to mimic it. I actually think that's a pretty solid diet for the most part. I've done some variations of the Paleo diet, and I, I have enjoyed it. Actually, it was, it was quite good uh, because really your, your, your big focus is taking out processed foods and things that you wouldn't have had access to back at that time, which a lot of those foods are really bad for us. So... Anyways, uh, the next diet would be a gluten-free diet. So a lot of people have heard of, you know, gluten-free and how gluten's bad for you and all this stuff. And so what is gluten? Well, gluten is a protein that's found in uh, things such as wheat, rye, and barley. 
It is a protein that typically causes um, a lot of issues uh, in the digestive system, but can be in, shown in other ways as well, such as like arthritis and other things of that sort, kidney and uh, gallbladder issues as well. And uh, people who have a gluten sensitivity or what's called celiac disease, uh, they have a very strong response to gluten being uh eaten and digested, which it's can be very harmful to them. So for people who have those issues, they'll go on what's called a gluten-free diet. So in this diet, you are excluding anything with gluten, which would be, you know, any kind of bread or pasta, um, baked goods, you know, uh, there's even certain, well, it wouldn't be grains, but I'd like couscous, because uh, that's made from wheat as well. And there's a few other kind of things like that. But one thing I found that was very interesting is that actually some sushi, sorry, sushi restaurants, they use a gluten in their, uh, in their rice to make it more sticky because that's what gluten is. It really kind of gives that, um, that sticky substance to uh, dough and bread, right? So they put it in sushi rice sometimes to actually make the rice more sticky. They also even put gluten sometimes on the sticky portion of an envelope. So a person with, you know, celiac disease or gluten sensitivity, uh, you know, someone who has a really strong reaction to gluten actually can have issues with licking envelopes because there's gluten in there. It's quite a trip. Uh, so yeah, so that'd be the gluten-free diet is just avoiding any of those foods. So anything that contains rye, barley, or wheat, or just gluten, or it doesn't even have to be those. It can be just gluten found in other substances such as the sushi rice. So that would be a gluten-free diet. Now moving on, we've got two more diets to cover here. One, uh, the next one is the Mediterranean diet, which follows the traditional diets of Greece and Italy and other Mediterranean countries in that, you know, so right in the Mediterranean area. These diets are going to look very much like, you know, think of like a lot of olive oil, uh, fish and seafood, whole grains, vegetables, legumes, uh, nuts, seeds, herbs, spices, you know, just uh, literally a Mediterranean diet. Um, if, you, if you haven't been out there, though, that's what it would look like. It would include a lot of seafood because they're obviously right on the Mediterranean, as well as the herbs, the spices, the olive oil. Olive oil is on everything out there, uh, which is in my opinion, something that's really, really good for you, especially high quality olive oil. It's got some really great properties to it. A lot of polyphenols in there. And yeah, so the Mediterranean diet, in my opinion, is one of the diets that is also really good for people, for most people. Okay, and then the last diet that I'm going to cover is the Ayurvedic diet. So Ayurveda is a, I mean, I guess all of these, you could call them a diet technically, but Ayurveda is more of a method of determining what kind of foods are best for you. So this was a traditional Indian diet and it was developed roughly 5,000 years ago. So it's been around a very long time. It's had a bit of a resurgence here recently. And what it does is it puts people into typically one of three different categories, or you can have a bit of, you know, all categories or two of the categories. And the categories are called Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. And basically you can just, you know, find these tests online to find out what your, it's called a dosha. Um, and that is what 
body type you are basically. And when you take this assessment test, it'll tell you what doshas you mainly are. And it can tell you if you're a little bit out of balance on those doshas. And so what I really like about that diet is it's one of the first diets we know of that actually assessed a person and determined that you are imbalanced in some way and you can eat certain foods to help bring your body back into balance, which is really neat because people, as we are finding out more and more, are very what's called bio-individual. Meaning, every person is very unique, and some people digest certain foods better than other foods, and you know certain things will help with uh, if if you're imbalanced in one way, you know, if you're getting rashes, well, maybe you need to eat more cooling foods and things of that sort. So I really enjoy that. Just even the concept alone and the fact that it was developed so long ago is is really interesting and neat to understand. So. Those are all of the diets that I'm going to cover. I know that was quite a lot of diets, but I just wanted to give a quick crash course on uh, some of the main diets out there. There's obviously many more that we could go into, Atkins diet and blah, blah, blah. But really what I wanna cover is, you know, when people ask, oh, what's the right diet for me? Or is there a best diet or a one size fits all diet? Well, first off, the quick answer is, No, no, there's not. There's not one perfect diet or one best diet for everybody. Um, It just simply doesn't exist. There are certain diets that are generally good for a majority of people, and that's great, but there really isn't a perfect diet. Also, on that note, I don't really, I mean, I do work with diets, obviously, but I think it's better to view a diet as a lifestyle change. Because when you start restricting yourself, that's typically when you're likely to break something. So I think it's better to just slowly integrate a lifestyle change of food into your into your daily practice, you know? So in that sense, I also want to cover that people are all different. So, you know, there's people have been doing a lot of research and they've even found that depending on your ancestry, you can be better at digesting certain foods. So for example, if you have ancestors that live somewhere near the equator, well, it's, they believe that you are actually better at digesting, you know, higher amounts of sugar, for example, because you have a lot of tropical fruits in that area that grow kind of year round and so your body would naturally be better at digesting sugar as opposed to someone who maybe lives in a colder region let's think of you know northern europe or russia or something like that people from those regions are going to ancestrally be worse at digesting and absorbing and assimilating you know, uh, fruits, like high sugar content fruits, especially at all times of the year, because ancestrally, they would have been eating a higher fat, higher protein type diet, which would mean that they're much better at digesting those kinds of foods. Now, on that note, it's very important to understand that what your ancestors were eating is very important because they've been eating that for a long period of time, which means genetically you're kind of already set up to digest those foods whereas you know the last 100 200 300 years we've really been changing our diets like so drastically 
in having processed foods and and also mixing uh, culturally different foods, which is has a lot of benefits, but as well, it kind of can mess with certain people who aren't better at, you know, digesting and absorbing certain foods. So uh, what your ancestors have been doing for thousands of years compared to just hundreds of years here recently, um, it really makes a big difference. You, you, it, you know, it kind of also makes sense that if you've been eating that for such a long period of time, your body's going to be much better at eating those kinds of foods. Also, it's important to know that the diet that has been working for you for a long period of time might not be the diet that's going to work for you for the rest of your life. You have to think of it this way. If a person has been eating, you know, let's just say the standard American diet or the SAD diet, um, they're eating a lot of processed foods, high in sugar, high in, um, you know, poor quality sodium and really like horrible fats, you know, from canola oil and, and um, vegetable oil or soybean oil. So a person who's eating that diet, it's going to be hard for them to go straight to a, you know, if they want to be a raw vegan, for example, it's not a good idea for them to just jump straight into that. You know, it's probably better to slowly integrate, you know, and sometimes when you've been on a diet such as maybe... I don't know, the raw vegan diet, after a while, maybe your body is getting used to those foods and it's not really having the same benefit that it used to do, which means that you're going to have to shift it around a little bit and play with things to see what works best for you. So, and then also, once again, if you're on a carnivore diet, you should not just jump into a raw vegan diet. You need to slowly make your way there. Which brings me to my next point, which is the best thing to do is experiment. If you want to try out a diet, go for it. Obviously, do it properly, maybe with the assistance of a health coach or a nutritionist. Um, you know, do it smartly. Don't don't make huge leaps because sometimes those can be really harsh on the body. Um, for example, uh, I know that people who do the carnivore diet and they have not been doing the carnivore diet before... It can actually cause a lot of stomach issues, causing a lot of runny stool, which is very common in the first month of becoming a carnivore. And so making sure that you're very careful with how you're changing your diets is important, but it's also important to note that one diet that has worked for you really well for a long time might not be your forever diet. And that's okay. It's okay to switch up. Now, to find a diet that you can stick to long term, what I personally, and this is just me, this is not, you know, you can have a different opinion, this might not be right for everyone, but I tend to see that diets that do mimic ancestral, you know, habits of eating tend to be really good ones. So, for example, the Mediterranean diet, you know, one reason that might be a really good diet for you is because looking at blue zones, which are areas that have high levels of centenarians or people who have lived to 100 years and older, you know, there's a, uh, in Italy, so in the Mediterranean, on Sardinia, they it's a blue zone and they have people who have lived really, really long, you know, over 100 years easily, and they eat a Mediterranean diet. So therefore, I think there's a lot of solid evidence backing up that diet. However, 
maybe your body doesn't agree with that specifically. You know, maybe you're, because blood types can also affect like what assimilates well into your body. So um, experimenting with that is really big. Uh, also the paleo diet might be really good for you or, you know, any of these diets, like I said, that really kind of mimic your ancestors' diets is really gonna probably be something that can hold up for a longer period of time. Now that's not to say that you can't do these other diets and experience some really great benefits. Um, I know people who have gone vegan and they have had good experiences on being uh, with being vegan. I also know people who have gone and tried the carnivore diet and they've also had great experiences and see a lot of change come from it. So like I said, there's no one size fits all. It's all about really using your intuition and feeling what is good for you, what feels right. Is there a food that makes you feel energized or happy or just like you could tackle the day? Or are you eating foods that make you feel lethargic and lazy or sad? It's very important to tune into that. And I think that's something we don't really do these days. We just grab food and on the go, we're eating it as fast as we can, not really paying attention to how is that food making you feel. This is very important, and I think it's something that everyone really needs to start paying attention to, is how is that food reacting with your body? Because intuitive eating is huge. Which is another point. If you are wanting to try out a diet, I would give you these general guidelines to go by, and that is make sure that that diet is not, include, not allowing you to eat bad oils. When I say bad oils, these are things like canola oil, cottonseed oil, um, rapeseed oil, uh, there's soybean oil, vegetable oil, um, sunflower oil, all of these oil. Oh, and grapeseed oil as well. These are not good oils for your body. The oils you want to be using would be avocado oil, ghee. Um, there's also olive oil, right? So these three oils are really great, you know, and cooking, especially with Avocado, avocado oil and ghee are very important because they hold up better at higher cooking points. Whereas olive oil should be more of a topping oil, something you, you know, use as a salad dressing or maybe after you've cooked some salmon, you top it with some uh, olive oil. Um, it's also very important to make sure that you're getting organic, cold pressed, high quality oils uh, when you do this. So olive oil, is good for you in general, but making sure it's in a dark glass bottle, it's been cold pressed, organic. You know, this is a very high quality oil. Actually, when you taste olive oil, you should put it in the back of your throat and kind of gargle it around and then swallow and see if it has a very strong pepper flavor. That means that it's really high in polyphenols and is doing some good things for you. So, yeah, focusing on making sure the diet you're trying does not have bad oils in it. That's huge, number one. Number two, if you are eating meat, make sure it is a high quality meat. That means free range organic poultry, free range organic pork, uh, grass fed organic beef. You know, these are very important things to look at. Wild caught salmon. You really want to focus on having the highest quality meat if you're going to be eat, consuming meat. And this also goes with produce. When you're buying produce, uh, you know, any kind of vegetable, fruit, nuts, things like that, 
you want to make sure that they are organic. You do not want to be getting all the glyphosate and pesticides that naturally come on non-organic fruits and vegetables. They are very harmful and bad for you. Okay. Also, stay away from processed foods. If there is a diet that allows you to just eat tons of processed foods, and by processed, I mean anything that's boxed or uh, is far removed from its source of origin. So, you know, think of a orange. If you pick an orange from a tree that is, you know, a whole food that is right from the source. But if you then took the orange and cooked it down and added sugar to make it into a marmalade, and then you took that marmalade and added it into a cake, you know, it's becoming farther and farther removed from the source. You do not want to do that. You want to get your the most of your food from the source. So a whole food is the best kind of food to get. Also, avoid high amounts of sugar. If you are eating a diet where, and I'm not talking about from fruit, if you're eating whole fruit, that's okay. If you are buying boxed cookies that have tons of sugar in them, this is not good. You do not want high amounts of sugar coming into your body. Naturally occurring sugar is a different topic that we could cover much later. Now, you also want to avoid diets that allow you to eat anything as long as you watch the calories. If you're just in it to lose weight, yeah, there's actually some evidence supporting that you, you can lose weight on a calorie-restricted diet, but if you're in it for longevity and the health and overall well-being of your body, avoid this at all costs. If you're going to count calories, make sure that at least the calories you're eating are coming from whole foods and are healthy foods that are good for you. So I'm not talking about eating, you know, 10 bags of, of uh, gummy worms and saying, oh, well, I'm, you know, technically under my calories. That's, I mean, yeah, if I guess that's okay if you're just in it for that, but really that's not good for you at all. So I really try to steer people away from diets that allow them to do that. The other thing that I really like to focus on is making sure that you're eating a diet that follows the seasons. So if you live in an area where you get all four seasons, uh, and this is basically anywhere that is, you know, kind of farther away from the equator, like not really close to it, you want to eat seasonally. This is something, once again, that our ancestors, ancestors likely did. They would harvest the squash during, you know, the fall seasons. But then during the summertime, they were able to eat higher amounts of sugary fruit because that's naturally when the season was. Wintertime rolled around. They were doing more hunting, eating more meat and high fat, right? So one way that's really good to do this is if you have a farmer's market, go check it out. See what fruits and vegetables are in season at that time. And it's really good to eat based on that kind of a schedule, you know, because we can go to a supermarket and buy strawberries in the middle of winter. This is, you know, this is very far removed from eating ancestrally and based on the seasons. Our body is not really designed to be breaking down those sugars in such high levels uh, during wintertime. You know, we're looking for those more warming, whole uh you know, fatty or, you know, those kinds of foods. So like a, like a soup, a bone broth, uh, things of that sort. So these are the things I look for in a diet personally. And they are also something that I found that works very well for me. Once again, that's not to say it's going to work well for you. 
And if you want to go the, you know, the vegan route or plant-based route or the carnivore or animal-based route, then that's totally fine. And I actually highly encourage it. Just whatever you do, go with it with intuition on how it feels when you're eating that food, as well as to just kind of see what your, you know, what's the reaction with your body? Are you losing the excess weight? Are you feeling healthier? Are you feeling better, more energized? These are the things that you want to really look for in your diet. And that's going to really bring, bring us to the end of today's episode. Um, I hope you guys followed along okay on this uh, whole podcast episode. I know there's a lot of different diets and information in here. And uh, maybe this is one that you go back to and listen to a second time or, or you know, just take some notes on maybe. But overall, I just want you guys to understand that there is no one-size-fits-all diet. You should eat according to your intuition as well as to the seasons if you're able to do so and experiment. See what works for you. What works for you doesn't work for everybody else and what works for everybody else doesn't work for you. These are very important things to understand and if you go with just those general guidelines, you're going to probably do all right. And yeah, once again, make that change. If you want to try to eat healthier and just do something that's better for your body, I am all for that, and whatever the diet is that makes you do that, I'm all for it. So anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. It means so much to me, uh, as well as please go ahead and leave a review for me. That would be amazing. And just thank you guys so much for tuning in to all these episodes. It's incredible. I'm so honored to be able to share this space with you and this knowledge of mine with you. It's been a really incredible process for me and a, a growing process as well. It's uh, allowed me to, you know, find a reason to do more research and, and to share these topics with you, which really inspire me so much. So seriously, thank you all very, very much. I hope you're having a great week so far. And just whatever you guys do out there in life, make sure that you do it with pure and good intentions. And I love you all so much and I thank you. Please have a great week and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Mm -hmm.